Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to Trash Talk with TK. I'm TK, Tom Kelly. The day after after Super Bowl 57, Eagles lose to the Chiefs. 38-35 in what really was a a classic Super Bowl. I mean, when you look back, you look at some of the great games in NFL history, this is going to be one that's up there. I mean, it was back and forth. Honestly, the game largely played out the way that I thought it would for really the first three quarters. I mean, I I said it last week on WIP. I was on a lot and, and, and talked about it. I thought the Eagles would get off to a good start. I thought they'd have a double-digit lead at halftime. They did have a double-digit lead at halftime. And then I thought the third quarter, you know, you're only going to keep Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid down for so long. They were able to come out of half. They were able to, you know, uh, uh, get a score immediately and get two touchdowns in that quarter. And then I thought it would come down to the fourth. And, um, you know, unfortunately, the Eagles, after they fall behind 28-27, they go three and out a punt return that you just cannot allow in that moment. I mean, special teams has been really kind of an issue for this team all year. It's been overshadowed because how dominant they've been on both sides of the football, uh, but it really killed them here. I mean, a punt return by Kadarius Toney sets the Chiefs up inside the Eagles' 10-yard line. They score that touchdown, go up 35-27. And then, I mean, and we'll talk a lot more about Jalen Hurts and the offense later, but... An incredibly impressive drive. I mean, they go down, they get the big uh, completion to Devontae Smith inside the five-yard line, punch it in, get the two-point conversion, 35-35, and then it was kind of what I feared. And, you know, it's why I didn't, why I thought people were being just way too overconfident last week. And it's not this Eagles team's not great, but I didn't think last week the proper respect was being given to the opponent on the other side. Because Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I mean, they're they're really good. They are really good. And the Chiefs work that drive down the field. I know a lot of focus will come down to what happened with a minute and a half left, third and eight, Mahomes throws the end zone, and the holding call on James Bradbury. Now, I'll say this after watching it several times here. Do I think that needed to be called in that moment? No, I don't. And... I'm sure we'll have a lot of discussion about that over this offseason and, you know, the fact that that call was made and the shame of it, and it really is a shame, that the Eagles don't get a chance, that, that we were deprived of that moment, that you don't hold them to a field goal there, 
you don't get to see what Jalen Hurts would have done in that moment because it would have been it would have been unbelievable theater to see if he could have taken this team down the field and give them the game winning touchdown or, or lead them to at least a field goal, send it to overtime, see what would have happened. That is certainly a shame. But watching it again, I don't think it's it's like an egregious call. I just don't. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's an awful call. Um, you know, when you watch the initial break in separation from Juju Smith-Schuster and James Bradbury, and I give Bradbury a ton of credit after the game for handling it like a professional. He grabbed him. I mean, he did grab him. Now, did they let that go in, in a lot of situations? Yes. And should the official have let it go in that situation? Yes, I think he probably should have. But, you know, that's not the reason why the Eagles lost this game. It's not. There are a lot of, of reasons why they lost this game. And I think first and foremost, you know, you look at that punt return. That was a key moment. And, you know, y- you hate to say it, but... As great as Jalen played, the fumble in the first half that Nick Bolton picks up and runs back for a touchdown, they were killers. And overall, the Eagles didn't lose because of the holding call. They lost because the Chiefs were a better team. They did. And the Eagles had a tremendous season. But that was by far the best opponent that they played all year. And I think in the lead-up, and I think part of it stems from how easy this season has been. I mean, and... How great that this is still, I would say, overall, the even though they didn't win the Super Bowl, and we won't view them that way, it's probably the best Eagles team I've ever seen in my life. I, I still believe that, um, considering the way they dominated opponents. We've never seen an Eagles team go through an entire regular season and postseason completely dominating their opponents the way that this team has. And they were phenomenal all season long, but that Chiefs team is great. And you look at it, Andy Reid is the best offensive mind this century in the NFL. And for all the people who wanted to, you know, take their victory parades over Andy Reid and people who never wanted to give him credit, well, I hope you give him credit now because he's a pretty damn good coach. And I know people don't want to hear it. And, uh, you know, This loss is gutting to people. I get it. But Andy's a phenomenal coach. And Patrick Mahomes is probably the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. And the Chiefs offense is really difficult to stop. And that's why another thing that's bothering me a little bit today is kind of the scapegoating of Jonathan Gannon here. Now, was Jonathan Gannon great yesterday? Obviously not. Like, the Eagles defense in the second half... They, they they couldn't get a stop. They didn't get a stop. I mean, the Chiefs scored on every possession of that second half. But I do think it's important to keep things in perspective here. And, you know, the fact is that, that Andy's a great coach. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. That's a very difficult offense to stop. And, you know, the, the defense obviously wasn't good enough. But that does not, like, I'm hearing words about Jonathan Gannon today, incompetent. And, you know, terrible defensive coordinator. That's not true. Like, I still think Jonathan Gannon's a good defensive coordinator. I still think he did a good job this year. All you have to do is look at the results. This was one of the best defenses in the NFL start to finish. And, you know, this is where people can't have it both ways because all we've heard over the last couple weeks is, oh, well, you can't point to the Eagles' schedule. You know, you can't point to who they faced. But now... Now that people are angry, 
and they want to scapegoat Jonathan Gannon, now it's switched. Now it's, oh, you know, this happens every time they play a great quarterback. You can't have it both ways. The bottom line is this team played the teams that were in front of them. For the most part, this defense was very good. This defense got a lot of pressure. They didn't today. Is part of that on Gannon and, you know, Andy beating him, certainly down around the goal line, yes. But part of it is, you know, the defensive line didn't get to the quarterback. And I don't want to hear about the turf. I don't want to hear about the holding call. That's not the reason the Eagles lost. The Eagles lost this game because the Chiefs played better. And the Chiefs were a better team. Bottom line. And as far as Jonathan Gannon goes, I want Jonathan Gannon back. I think he still did a good job last year, this season. Did he get beat yesterday? Yeah. He got outcoached by a great coach, and he got beaten by a great quarterback. But that does not mean he's a terrible defensive coordinator. It doesn't. You'll look at the final score and you'll say the Eagles gave up 38 points. Fair. But you got to look at it with all these things. Like, you know, we got to look at the Dallas game as well with part of this as well. It's got to be looked at with context. I mean, the Eagles gave up 40 points against Dallas. There were also four turnovers in this game. The Eagles gave up 38 points in this game, but seven of those were on the Jalen Hurts fumble. Just an incredibly unfortunate play. And, you know, seven of those also were set up by a punt return that set the Chiefs up. Inside the 10-yard line. You can't just ignore those things. Now, should the defense have gotten the stops? Should the defense have gotten off the field in some of those situations the second half? Absolutely. And Andy outcoached Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon would probably be the first one to tell you, yeah, I got beat yesterday. But I don't think that makes... I know that doesn't make him a bad defensive coordinator. And you can still do a lot worse than Jonathan Gannon. He's going to learn from this. He's going to get better. He's going to adjust just like he did from last season to this season. And, you know, I, I think when you look at it, the Chiefs are just the better football team. And the defense, they weren't on the field a lot in the first half. The second half, what I was afraid of ended up happening. You know, I thought this game would play out very much like it did. But in the end, I thought the Eagles would be able to grind out a long drive. I thought they'd be able to get one stop like they did in Super Bowl 52. And that really was the difference. I mean... The game, honestly, was was kind of similar to Super Bowl 52 in a lot of ways. The difference was where the Eagles got the stop that year, they did not get the stop this year. They didn't get the Brandon Graham strip sack. They didn't get that kind of a play they needed on that final drive. And Mahomes was, was masterful. And Patrick Mahomes is incredible. And you got to give credit where it's due. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was phenomenal. Andy Reid called a great game. He stuck with the run. Patrick Mahomes obviously breaking that run late in the game to set the Chiefs up, to set the stage for that Bradbury call. Um, you know, a, an incredible an incredible play on his part. And, you know, let's not be the sour fan base today. Let's, let's not blame other things. I mean, it hurts, but the Chiefs are a better team. And I feel like that makes it, if it stings a little less, that, that, that's what makes it stings a little less. Because I do believe Chiefs were the better team. I believe they rightfully won this game. Now, you look at the other side of the ball, and this is what really encourages you moving forward here when you look at this offense. Because as I said, the fumble in the first half for Jalen Hurts, just incredibly unfortunate. I mean, he's trying to switch hands with the ball, something he does all the time. Slips out, unfortunately just kicks it, and Nick Bolton picks it up and runs it in for a touchdown. But... 
was anybody worried? Like, was anybody worried about how Jalen respond would respond after that? I wasn't, and I, I love the coaching staff coming out and just running him on the first drive, on the first play of the next drive. Um, I, I love Jalen's response, and, and aside from that play, I mean, Jalen Hurts was great yesterday. He was great. I mean, you look at some of the throws he made. A couple of the throws that Dallas Goddard, the one that was under review initially, Goddard along the sideline, might be the best throw I've ever seen Jalen Hurts make. Just threading it in between two defenders, phenomenal. I mean, the the throws to Devontae Smith down the sideline, the one that set up the, the game-tying touchdown and two-point conversion late in the game at 35, and the other one that unfortunately was ruled a non-catch, another call that was questionable but I thought was the correct determination. I thought the ball didn't move a little bit, and I think by letter of the law, that's probably an incomplete uh, an incomplete pass. But Jalen Hurts was incredible yesterday. And, you know, that's what really, I think, gives you so much hope with this team moving forward. Jalen Hurts played in his first Super Bowl in a shootout against Patrick Mahomes and stuck with him. Jalen Hurts is great. Nick Sirianni, I thought, Coached a really good game yesterday. Very aggressive, going for it on fourth down. Um, in retrospect, I think, you know, down 28-27, you're fourth and three at your own 32. He punts in that situation. I didn't have a problem with it at the time. Now, obviously, if you know they're going to get a punt return inside the 10-yard line, you just go for it there. Now, I don't know if that's something he thought about. He's pretty decisive in that moment in bringing the punt team out. I didn't think it was the wrong decision, but aside from that, like Nick Sirianni, ultra aggressive in this game, going for fourth downs. The one thing you might be worried about from a young coach in this kind of situation, will he let the moment get to him? Will he change the way that he operates? He didn't. Nick Sirianni did what he typically does. He coached like he typically coaches. And I thought Sirianni did a great job. And when you look at this team moving forward, and I know... Nothing can be guaranteed. We saw that after the Doug Peterson, in the Doug Peterson Carson Wentz era, following Super Bowl 52, because we're probably saying a lot of the similar things the day after is that Carson will come back. He and Doug are the right coach quarterback combination to be in place. This team will be back. And obviously, that didn't work out. And a lot can happen. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl, and that's what makes this so difficult because it's really hard to get to this game. And when you lose, you just don't know when you're going to be back. But I would bet on these two guys getting back here. Like, I tr- I think beyond anything else this season, you know you have the right head coach, you know you have the right quarterback, and barring injury... For Jalen Hurts, like, this guy's going to be the next quarterback for the next seven, eight years of the Philadelphia Eagles. Like, he has established himself. There is zero question. This is your guy. This is your guy. And just having that is something to feel good about. Just having that is something not a lot of other teams in the NFL, you know, can can fall back on at the end of the season. And I know Jalen Hurts is going to get better. Like, you just know he is going to do everything that he needs to do to improve and become a better quarterback and become a better leader. That's just how the guy is wired. And he's going to be he he's going to be phenomenal moving forward. I think with Nick Sirianni, he's shown he knows how to lead a team. He knows how to 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 win a lot of games. Um he's been in the Super Bowl now, and I think for these guys, it's not something that's going to demoralize them. It's going to make that hunger 
even stronger. So I think there's a ton to feel good about. We'll see what happens with the coaching staff. It looks like Shane Steichen is going to be headed to Indianapolis. Uh, that would be a significant loss. I think Steichen's done a phenomenal job, um, and he's going to be a big loss. You look at what he did with Justin Herbert with the Chargers, what he did with Jalen Hurts here in Philadelphia, um, and the Eagles going to need to replace to replace him. It looks like Brian Johnson, the quarterbacks coach who's worked with Jalen basically his entire life, is the leading candidate. I think Brian Johnson would be a fine hire. Like, I don't think that would be a, a an issue elevating him to offensive coordinator. But you need to keep the whole staff strong. Like, if you're going to promote Brian Johnson, that's great. You need to bring somebody in to replace him. Because that's when things started going south for Doug when he didn't replace the guys on the staff adequately. Now, as far as Gannon goes, you know, we'll see if he gets the Arizona job. It looks like it's between him and the Bengals defensive coordinator for that spot. Um, I would love to have Gannon back, as I said. I think Gannon's a good coach. I still think he is one of the better defensive coordinators in the league, and I still think he did a good job this year. Um, But we'll see what ends up playing out with Jonathan Gannon and whether he comes up ends up coming back, but I think the future is really bright. Now you look at needs for this team in the offseason, and let's face it, they have a lot of free agents, um, most of them on the defensive side of the ball. Javon Hargrave, going to be tough to keep. I mean, I would love to keep him pretty quiet in the Super Bowl, um, but... You know, he's probably going to get a, a big contract this offseason. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, another guy I would love to keep, love the attitude he plays with, love the physicality that he plays with on top of being extremely talented in coverage. Um, but again, safety leading the league in interceptions, he's going to command a lot of money. We talked about Bradbury earlier in terms of the penalty. James Bradbury, I think, is probably gone. You're already paying a lot of money to Darius Slay. Um, Bradbury is probably going to cash in somewhere else this offseason. So a lot of holes to fill. And then on the offensive side of the ball, uh, I think you're pretty well set, except for two spots. Now, Miles Sanders is a free agent. I'd be okay with letting Miles Sanders walk at this point. Like, Miles Sanders, I think he had a really good year, by far the best year of his career. I thought he was a more patient runner. I thought he took what was given to him instead of always looking for the big play much better than he has in past years. That being said, I also really liked what I saw from Kenny Gamewell this year. And just philosophically in the NFL, I don't believe that investing significant resources in a running back, whether it is through the draft or in free agency, is a smart decision. I just don't. You look at what it's done to teams in your own division. I mean, Saquon Barkley's a great player, but it's hard to stay healthy at that position. He's been hurt a lot. They Drafted him with the second overall pick. They could have used that in so many different areas. Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, the Cowboys give Zeke a big deal, and he's done. I mean, he's not even the best running back on that team. Tony Pollard is. So, you know, I, I would be okay with letting Miles Sanders walk. I think you can find a running back in the draft. I mean, I'm not taking one in the first round. I know B. John Robinson's name has been mentioned. Um, the running back from Texas potentially... With the 10th overall pick, I can guarantee you right now, Howie Roseman ain't taking a running back with the 10th overall pick, nor should he. I mean, you can get a guy to pair with Gamewell in the third, maybe second round, you know, if if he's talented enough, um, you know, or you could sign a free agent and, and fill that role, especially with your offensive line. You don't need a great running back. You don't. Uh, as far as the O-line goes, 
you know, you hope Kelsey comes back. You hope Lane Johnson comes back. I believe they will. The level that they played at, um, Kelsey wasn't dealing with any injuries that kept him out of games this year. So I would expect those guys back. So your offense should be in pretty good shape. I would say the one area where I think the Eagles really need to upgrade on offense, and it was highlighted yesterday, is the third receiver spot. Because one of the big disappointments, and there weren't many players who you could say that guy was a disappointment this year. Quez Watkins was. Like, I thought coming in, Quez Watkins had a chance to really emerge. You know, you have Devontae Smith, you have A.J. Brown, you have Dallas Goddard, you have all these other pieces, dominant running game. You'd figure he would be the guy that, you know, would kind of uh, get opportunities. And he didn't make the most of his opportunities. And even in that game yesterday, I mean, a, a real critical play looking back. The Eagles are up 24-21, first drive of the third quarter. Jalen Hurts takes a deep shot. Um, and it's a tough play inside the 10-yard line. Uh, but the ball hits Quez Watkins in both hands. Again, tough catch to make. Doesn't make it. Need to make that play. I mean, the game is different if he makes that play. Now, the Eagles converted on the next third down. They're able to move the chains. But in the end, they settle for a field goal um, just inside the 20-yard line. That play would have set him up first and goal. And I can guarantee you, Nick Sirianni is not settling for a field goal inside the 10-yard line. The Eagles, I believe there, if Quez Watkins makes that catch, I believe they score a touchdown. I believe they go up 31-21. And I think then the whole complexion of the game is different. I mean, at that point, that was when you that was at least when I really started to get nervous for the first time. I felt good about where they were. Even when the Chiefs scored, made it 24-21, I felt like the Eagles were going to win the game when they had to settle for that field goal to make it 27-21. That was the first moment where I thought, uh, you know, this could get bad if the Chiefs score a touchdown. They did, and if Quez Watkins makes that catch, I think it's different. I mean, I haven't really looked at the free agent market yet, but that's an area you need to upgrade because Devontae and A.J. Brown are phenomenal. Dallas Goddard's great, but you need to upgrade that third receiver spot because that can be a really effective player for your team. Quez Watkins, you know, this is his third year. This is his real opportunity, and I thought it was pretty disappointing. A pretty disappointing year from Quez Watkins. And certainly a disappointing game yesterday. But hey, you look forward, and I know this isn't what Eagles fans want to hear today. I know a lot of people are hurting today. I'm with you. I feel you. But the future is very, very bright for this organization. They have great ownership. They have a great general manager. They have one of the best young coaches in football. And they have one of the best young quarterbacks in football. I mean, You have those four things. You are in good position. Like, you have a solid foundation. This team has the foundation to be successful moving forward. Not a lot of organizations have that. Now, is it going to be tough to get back to the Super Bowl? Yes, it is. It's a very difficult game to get to, you know, and it's very difficult to sustain that level of success throughout the course of the season. But I believe this Eagles team has what it takes. I think they will be able to get back. I think they will be able to, you know, get it done as they look forward here. And, you know, I, I think with the the draft picks that you have from the trades that you have made, uh, the way Howie Roseman has drafted over the last couple of years, the way they spend money smart in free agency, I think they'll make the adjustments. I, I, I And I think this team 
is set up really well. So, you know, that'll do it for Trash Talk with TK. Certainly a disappointing day. Certainly an upsetting day for many Eagles fans. But the future is bright. And, you know, let's not be the 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 loser fan base like the San Francisco 49ers. The Eagles lost. The Chiefs are the better team. It's that simple. Um, but there's a lot to be happy about and a lot to look forward to moving forward with this organization. So that'll do it for Trash Talk with TK. Uh, I'll talk to you later this week on Sports Radio 94 WIP. But thank you for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you, all you guys this week, and we'll talk about this game further on the air on WIP. But thanks for listening. Uh, I'm Tom Kelly, and this is Trash Talk with TK. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.